0: So for those of you who don't know, every morning we engage, every, sorry, every weekday morning, we engage in what we call the read and rant. And what the read and rant is essentially exactly that. We spend uh, 20 to 30 minutes every morning just reading through scripture. And then we... Uh, Then you guys get to endure me ranting um, for about another 20 to 30 minutes. Sometimes I go a lot longer. Sometimes I go a lot shorter. We'll see what today affords us because um, I have a few engagements this morning to engage in. So um, I may not be I may not have the same liberality that I usually have. But with that being said, my intention for you today is to engage you in the word. That's what we're here for. We're here primarily to engage in the Word of God because the Word of God itself is powerful. Um, The Word is powerful, and it's a powerful activity for us to come together and to spend time in the reading of the Word of God. And so that's what we want to do. We want to come together. We want to read the Word. And for those of you who have been with us for the past uh two months. We've been doing this for for nine weeks now. This week will be the end of our ninth week. We've been doing this for nine weeks. We have gone through now Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and now we're going into Colossians. So there are some of you guys who've been here from the beginning. When we first started this, it was like maybe like 10 of y'all who came and journeyed with us. Now we have a whole family of people. Sometimes there's almost uh, 100 people who come on here just to spend time in the reading of the word. That is incredible, family. And now that we have our Facebook group as well, um, for those of you who miss, because sometimes you know, things happen and we miss the, you may miss the read and rant. If you miss the read and rant, I want to encourage you right now to... Uh send a request to the font everywhere. That's the name of our ministry, of our community of groups that are on mission to see the renewal of our cities. It's called The Font Everywhere. And that's where you can be community. That's where you can be the church. And that's where you can catch the read and rants. If you ever miss a read and rant. So we encourage you go to the font everywhere. Um it's a private group right now, but we're gonna eventually go public with it. Uh, but it's growing really quickly and um and I just, I just believe God's doing something really extraordinary and special there. And it's a place where you don't just get the reading rants that you missed. Be community, right? Pray for each other, encourage each other, introduce yourself. If you're going through anything, if you're challenged in your faith, whatever you're going through, we want a journey with you. That's why we do this. We want a journey with you. And so it's not just a, a group that I've created for myself. It's a group that, that we've created to be community and to be the family of God on mission, Uh, to do God's work um, in all of our spheres of influence. And so that's why we do this. So guys, uh, yeah, so I want to encourage you, if you ever miss a reading rant, just go to the font everywhere. Um, So uh, what I want to do today is, is I want us to continue on with our reading and I want to commit to our time this morning in reading Paul's letter to the, well, what, what many believe, not all agree to this, but many, Most believe that uh, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Colossus. Now, whether Paul wrote it or not, Paul is the one who's introduced in this. And so um, we're going to say that this is Paul. If it's not Paul writing it by hand or writing it directly, these were Paul's words that were being inscribed and sent to the church in Colossus. And so I want us to do that. I want us to read this uh, this uh, text and then we're going to you know, hear what the Lord has to say. Um, that's my intention is to hear what God is saying today. What is God saying today? Um, so when we pray, we're going to read this from a meditational perspective. And what we're going to be praying is for three things. This is what I pray for when I spend... My morning meditation in the word. I asked three things. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself in your word? So when we read this word, what is God revealing concerning himself? What is God revealing concerning people? And what is God revealing concerning me? And this is me. I'm talking about me as his son. For you, you're reading it for yourself. So it'd be you. What is God revealing concerning you? as the word is discerning our hearts. We don't just read scripture, the scripture reads us. And so that's what we wanna engage in as we spend time in the word. Let's invite the Holy Spirit now to come and visit us as we read this word. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord, for the privilege that you've given us, Lord, to hear your word. Lord, teach us, instruct us, guide us, Lord, as we engage in this word, Father. We pray, Lord, that we would leave here, Lord, convicted, encouraged, empowered, restored, renewed, awashed in your word. Lord, bless us in this time. Lord, bless each and every person who's engaging today in this word, Father. Father, we pray that your spirit would visit us right here. And we ask that in your name we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. To the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always to you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. As it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the spirit. For this reason, we also, since we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all his might, according to his glorious power for all patience and longsuffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of his love. In whom we have the redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, And by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross that can preach. And you were and you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless. And above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I now rejoice in my sufferings from you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may be present. <laughs> Sorry. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working which he works in me mightily. For I want you to know. What a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of the understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you, Lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Wow. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and all power. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together. He's made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken away, he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath which are a shadow of things to come but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward taking delight in false humility and the worship of angels intruding into those minds which he has not seen vainly puffed up but his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. We're in Colossians two now verse 20. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle which all concern things, which perish, with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of flesh. Wow. If then you are raised in Christ, Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on things on the earth for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God when Christ who is our life appears then you will also <clears throat> sorry then you will also appear with him in glory therefore put to death your members which are on the earth fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man in new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him Whether there is neither greek nor, neither greek where there is neither greek nor jew circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian scythian slave or free but christ is all in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so also must you must do. But of all things put on love, which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of God rule your hearts to which you also were called in the one body and be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with the grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bond obey in all things your master, uh, your masters according to the flesh, not with eye servant, eye service as men pleasers. But in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance. For you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there is no partiality. Last chapter Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you have a master. In heaven, oh, I'm going to come back to that highlight, continue earnestly in prayer. Verse two, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Tychicus, our beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will make known to you all the things which are happening here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. With Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you will receive instructions if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice. These are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God. Who are of the circumcision, they have proved to be a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those who are in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, Demas, greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphis and the church that is in his house. Now, when this apostle is read among you, see that it is also read in the church to the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea, and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Amen. As I said before, there's a a lot of uh, contention, theological contention, about who wrote uh, Colossians. Um, We know who who it was written to, which is the church in Coloss. Um, But some argue that Paul didn't write it, but that it was influenced by Paul. We're going to just be affirmed here to say or to say at least with some confidence, that if Paul says he wrote it with his own hands, then he wrote it with his own hands. Some will say, well, it's the salutation that he wrote. But then the totality of the letter wasn't written by him. So it's been called a pseudo-Pauline epistle. Pseudo-Pauline just meaning partially him, not fully him. And there's a lot of theological debate on that. We're not here to have a theological debate. We're not here to to, to engage in a Bible study. More importantly, what we're here to do is, is we're here with the affirmation and the awareness and the understanding that this is the word of God. And if it was Paul or wasn't Paul specifically, that we affirm by faith that the Lord is speaking through this. What is most encouraging about this text? And I want to pray because I'm, I'm seeking for the Lord to really speak in this moment. I hear the Spirit of God speaking to me in regards to uh, something that I want to share with you. Um, What's encouraging about this text, this particular book, is how much glory it gives to Christ. How much glory it gives to Jesus. How Christocentric it is. How Christ-centered it is and for that it's encouraging it's it's encouraging and i read this text and it must be the word of god because christ is all up in this sauce he's all up in this sauce so father speak to us lord holy spirit reveal to us lord the truth of what you intend for us today Lord, we give you glory even in this moment. So, Lord, we ask that you would move through us. And we say that in your name we pray. Amen and amen. I, I want to say this. Um, if you just jumped on, you're like, what's going on? This is the reading rant. We spent half an hour reading scripture. We read till about 830. And we've been doing this now for almost nine weeks. We are, we've gone through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Philippians, Ephesians. And now we just read Colossians. Um, tomorrow we're going to be reading 1 Thessalonians. Some of you are like, man, I wish I was here from the beginning. That's all right. Just um, um, on, on Facebook, we have a group called The Font Everywhere. And we put all the reading rants. Well, we started about a week ago. I should have started earlier. but But I'm putting all the reading rants there. I've actually have people on Facebook right now who are watching us. I got Ryan who's on. I got Emma who's on. Cassie, it's good to see you as well. So we've got our Facebook family on and we have our uh, TikTok family. And the thing that's good about Facebook is I can save them. So they're saved there. So if you ever miss any of the Read and Rants, you can just go back and check it out on Facebook. Um but it's a read. I read and then I rant, but it's really to empower you to read the scriptures because it's a powerful endeavor it's a powerful engagement it's a powerful activity and it's an activity that builds you up and encourages you. What I love about the questions we ask is God, what are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about people? what are you saying about me? Let me repeat that we're asking God what is he saying concerning himself? What is he saying concerning people? And what is he saying concerning me? And as I've been reading this, I've been praying as I read. This is how we do it, fam. I've been praying as I read. And what the Lord is convicting me of as I'm reading this today Is in this moment Those three questions are really one question Because what God is revealing in this text to me today Concerning himself Is what God is revealing concerning his people And is contemporaneously what God is revealing concerning me I'm going to help you understand what I mean Um I'm profound. I'm I'm convicted even as I'm reading this because the Lord is realigning my posture even today about this one verse here. Because, you know, I don't have all, I I mean, I could, this is, I mean, you could preach for months on Colossians. We don't have the time for that. And I don't have time to go through all of this, but but there's one thing here that the Lord is, boom, is just hitting me. And I want to share it with you Um, because I have nothing planned. I just wait to hear what the Lord wants to speak to me today in this moment, to you. And I hope the Lord is revealing something. You can share what the Lord is revealing to you as well. Also, share on the Facebook group when we get off what the Lord is revealing to you. Because God is speaking through us and to us in his word and through his word, by his spirit. Um, But the one verse that, that just slammed me is in Colossians 4, verse 1. And it's a verse that I've read so many times. I've I've read this verse so many times. Yeah, I just kind of just gloss over it and just move on. Colossians 4 verse 1, it's a weird positioned verse. Because it would make sense for Colossians 4 verse 1 to be at the end of Colossians 3. Why would the writers move or or codify the chapters of the letter in this way? It's, that's just it's confounding me even as I read this. I don't have an answer to that. It's confounding to me. when, the, when this letter was written, it wasn't written in verses. It was later on down the line that the the, the book the, the letters were sliced up into verses and then sliced up into chapters. okay? This was a total just one letter that was written that was meant to be read in its totality. That's why you don't just sit there and study a piece. You got to read the whole thing. But it's just weird to me that they would slice it this way. And for me God is really like he's hitting me right now with this verse and 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 he's he's compelling me about this verse. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. This is a verse that is quickly ignored. Masters Give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. That is an odd place to put a verse. But then it seems an appropriate place to put a verse because right where that verse is compels how we ought to be with one another as we conclude the book, the letter continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant let your speech be always be seasoned with grace but this one right here is really getting to me if you just give me give me a little give me a couple minutes here i want to work this out i'm working this out as i'm talking to you so allow me to work this out here masters give your bondservants what is just and fair knowing that you also have a master in heaven this is a continuation of Paul's command in, in verse 22 in chapter 3, where he says, bond servants, obey in all things your masters, according to the flesh, not with eye servants, eye service as men pleasers, but in the sincerity of heart, fearing God, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done and there is no partiality um, this has been one of the most misused verses in the Bible portions of scripture in the Bible and if you would allow me just one moment to say this and share this that this portion of scripture among uh among a few others, is what propagated some of the most painful points in American history. Our history in America is tainted by the history of slavery. Um, slavery takes on most of American history. Even today, we spent more years under slavery as a country, institutionalized slavery, than we have as a nation of all free people. And so we're still suffering those consequences even today. Um, 2020 showed us this, that, that we have experienced so much trauma and that trauma has never really been dealt with and because of the lack of the repentance the collaborative repentance of our nation um, we we're still suffering the remnants of that with other institutionalized pain and issues and all that i'm not here to speak into that specifically but i'm here to say this that i think for me the most painful point of all of this of our dark history as a country our dark history and slavery as a country the most painful part of it is that the Christian church was complicit in it the Christian church was complicit in the slavery for reasons very similar to what I talked about in, with the church in Corinth when we talked about earlier that we let the wisdom in the culture of the moment influence the scripture in our understanding in this time. What Paul is even speaking to in in Colossians is he's speaking to the influence, the worldly wisdom, the worldly knowledge that we are so inured by that we allow to be superimposed on the scripture in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the consequence of that now is, is we don't use the scripture for the glory of Christ. We use the scripture to propagate our demonic and sinful agendas. So the saddest part, my brothers and sisters, of our American history is the church's complicity. In slavery, the church was complicit to the point that the church provided a doctrine for slavery. There was a doctrine for it. And this verse, this portion of scripture was used and misappropriated for it. They would tell the slaves, it says here, bond servants, obey in all things, your master, according to the flesh, not with eye servants, not with eye service as men pleases, but the sincerity of heart, fearing to God and whatever you do, do it heartily to the Lord and not to men. And so they would preach this over and over and over again to the slaves. This is going back to what I was saying before family. Um, this is why it's so dangerous to only preach a section of scripture this is why it's so dangerous to take a portion of scripture and say and just and just preach that portion of scripture they preached this portion of scripture over and over and over again and indoctrinated the slaves indoctrinated a whole nation to believe that being a slave was God's work and they missed out on the beauty of this text. What Paul is actually saying, what is actually being articulated in this text. We've caused a lot of pain and we as a church have done this, have caused a lot of pain as a result of misappropriating scripture. The text did not say slaves obeying all things your masters. The text says, bond servants obeying all things your masters. Not slaves, because slaves were property. Bond servants were free. Slaves were purchased ripped away from their families turned into property for the economic gain of another individual bond servants were not slaves bond servants were free they were bond servants they were serving a bond oh they were serving a bond because they were indebted to the bondholder. And so because of the debt that they had, they had to work in order to pay off the debt as bond servants. So they're bond servants. They're not slaves. There are people who are indebted to the debtor, and so they work for a period of time in order to pay off the debt. And after they've paid off the debt, they can leave. Bond service is voluntary. Slavery is involuntary. But they misappropriated this text when this portion of the text was about the bond servant, not about the slave. They worked because they owed something. They, they, they were working because they owed somebody something. (laughs) The reason why I love this text so much and why I'm so convicted as I read this right now is because when he closes with, with his final greetings, he brings up in verse nine, chapter four, verse nine, he brings up Onesimus. With Onesimus, he says, a faithful and beloved brother Who is one of you? They will make known to you all things which are happening here. Onesimus, we're going to read later on in the book of Philemon or Philemon, depending on how you say it. Philemon is a story of how Onesimus was set free. Because Onesimus was a bondservant. Onesimus was a bond servant because Onesimus had a debt. He had a debt to pay. He owed something. And who did he owe the debt to? Philemon. Philemon was his master. Philemon was not his slave owner. And that's why this terminology of being slaves to Christ, it, it becomes derogatory in black culture. For those of you who are, you know, who aren't African American may not fully understand it, but when, when we use the term being slaves to God, it's seen as derogatory in African American culture because we know what it means to be a slave. And yet the text doesn't tell us to be slaves. We are bondservants so being bondservants to Christ it speaks of a debt and yet notice what he says here he says knowing that he says and whatever you do do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men meaning you're not now living in a way to pay the debt to the man but now There's a greater glory that's coming out of your service to this man. Some were bond servants for their entire life because the debt they owed was so big. And yet now we shift into verse one in chapter four and you see, I don't have enough time to to really break it down. So I'm just going to give you the little that I have because I got to go in a few minutes. But he says, Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair. Knowing that you also have a master in heaven. We sometimes, when we think of the bondservant, we think that the bondservant lived in the plantations that That the African Americans lived in. The Africans who were brought over from the Atlantic slave trade and brought to the United States and and put into um, 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 these huge facilities where they would sleep on top of each other. And they lived in these poor conditions. In this context, the bondservants got to live in the master's house. They had a room in the master's house. They they didn't own anything in the house because they owed the master. But they got to live in the presence of the master. And so he's saying now that you get to be in this house, but in this house, when you serve, serve as to the Lord. And then I get to verse one in Colossians chapter four, which almost seems like a peculiar place for the, for the verse to be. But he says, masters, give your bond servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. He's saying, whatever somebody owes, whatever that person owes you, make sure you treat them fairly. Make sure you don't use them. Make sure you don't abuse them. Treat them right. Treat treat them like your brother. They just have an economic debt to pay. But make sure you pay them well. Because even though they're serving in your house, you still owe them. Oh my goodness. Because you have the power To free this man of his debt So when he works Give him what his work is due Pay him what he should be paid So that he can be set free from his debt The only reason why you give him what is just and fair Is so that he can be liberated at the appropriate time And he's saying to the masters, masters, do that for your bondservants because don't forget that you have a master in heaven. How does your master in heaven treat you? Because the reality, my brothers and sisters, is that we are all bondservants. Oh, we all owe a debt. We all owe a debt to God. For the wages of sin is death. We all owe a debt to God. And because we owe a debt to God, we are all bond servants. If we would posture ourselves as bond servants, we would treat the people who owe us differently. We know how a bond servant ought to treat, I'm sorry, how a master ought to treat his bond servant because we heard what Paul said to, to Philemon when he said to Onesimus, concerning Onesimus. He said, I'm sending Onesimus back to you. He says, "I'm sending Onesimus back to you, but don't count what he owed against you, against him." Meaning he he escaped. I want you to understand. Onesimus ran away from his debt. Oh, I love this. Onesimus. Onesimus. Onesimus ran away from his debt. He was a we would call him a runaway slave, but he's not a slave. He was a he was he was one of those guys who just who just starts ducking the collection calls. He ran away and he met Paul and came to Christ. And when he came to Christ through Paul, Paul now is about to send Onesimus back to Philemon. He's about to send Onesimus back to Philemon, however way you want to pronounce his name. I grew up calling him Philemon. And that's what the book of Philemon is all about. He's, he's sending Onesimus back to Philemon with a debt. But Paul says to Philemon, do not count any of his debt against him. Because you, Philemon, have a debt to me as well. Whew. Ah, we are Onesimus. And so when it says, Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair. What compels Philemon to forgive Onesimus of his debt and to set him free is that he owes a debt to Paul. And he says, masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, meaning you have the power to set this man free. I told you this is such an awkward verse, and yet it's what's sticking to me right now. It's, It's working in me right now. It's doing something to me right now because I'm reading this. And what I'm hearing is, is Isaac, who has a debt towards you? That you need to return back to him what is just and fair. Because Isaac, you owed a debt to your father. And yet Jesus paid the debt for you. Your father had every dollar, every ability to pay for the debt that you had to him. You, the bond servant, had a debt and yet he paid it for you with his son. And now we get to be free in him and the beauty of it I, if I could just bring it all around in John chapter 8 when Jesus says who the son sets free is free indeed we don't understand the richness of that verse that that what Jesus is saying there because they were the children of the bond servants in the house and they were the children of the father the children, of the bondservants had to work to pay the debts of their parents. Ah, but the son, the son gets to enjoy the inheritance of the father. And the thing is, is that the children of the bondservants were many of them children of the master. Because the master would copulate with the bondservant women and have children with them. But even though they had their father's DNA, they did not get to enjoy their father's inheritance. Ooh. Even though they had their father's DNA, they may have even looked like their father, but they didn't get to enjoy their father's inheritance. I'm taking my time here, guys. They were bondservants because they were born of bondservant women. Oh. <laughs> but when Jesus says, because according to Roman law, if you are a bondservant and you were born of A parent or a woman who was a bondservant, if her debt wasn't paid, you had to work to pay the debt. So you were in the house, but you didn't have an inheritance. But the Roman law said that if the son of the master, after the master has passed away, declares you free, then you owe no debt anymore to the master. As a matter of fact, because not only do you not owe any debt anymore to the master, but because you have the master's DNA, you are now considered part of the family. When the son sets you free, you now get a piece of the inheritance. It wasn't common for the son to set the children of the bond servants free. It wasn't common because the son knew if I set these children free now they're considered legally children of my father and therefore we all must divide the inheritance so it was a very uncommon thing but they knew that if the son did set you free it wasn't just so you can leave the house it was so that you can live in the house and enjoy all that the house brings. Now, it's not just the house you work at. It's your home too. And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, "I am the son of the master." who is the one who declares you free by the sacrifice of my blood, you owe nothing now. Your master is in heaven, but your master is your father. And so now for people who owe you something, give them what is just and fair. Ah, Bond servants were not slaves Bond servants were servants of a bond A debt That's why they called them bond servants And yet Paul said with joy He said I the bond servant of Christ Paul can revel in it because he says, I may be the son of a bond servant, but my father's DNA is in me because my son sets me free. I live now in the home, in my father's house, but with freedom. And so if my debt can be paid and forgiven by the master, then what are we ought not to do, people of God? masters give your bondservants what is just and fair i thank god that while i was a debtor he paid my he paid the price for my debt he he paid for my sins and and now because my sins have been paid for and I am the child of a bondservant, but I am a son of God. And now I get to go into the presence of God and to enjoy all that God has in store. And because of that, I can do all these things that he speaks of because now I don't need to live like a bondservant. I hope this was encouraging to you, because we're in the season now where we we're redeeming some of the most misused portions of Scripture. But we just read the whole letter, and when you read the whole letter, you're seeing now how all of this aligns to what Paul is closing with here. That now, when you read the whole letter, you begin to understand. Ah, I see now that I'm not to be um, inured by, by philosophies and ideologies. I need to rest in the mystery, the mystery of my union with Christ. I am one in Christ. And yes, it is a mystery and it's foolishness to those who are perishing. Ah, But to us who have been chosen by him, it is the power of God. Lord I thank you Lord that you have set us free that we are not under condemnation but we are under grace Lord that you paid all debt and we owe you nothing for you have paid the price Lord God Lord I ask Lord that you would compel each person who's here who's attending right now Father who's Lord, who has people who owe them. Lord, there are those right now who have faced people who have offended them, who've hurt them deeply, who may owe them, who have taken things from them. And yet, Lord, I just pray in this moment, Lord, that you would give wisdom and your grace to teach us, Lord God, how to administrate the debt of our bondservants. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you released us from the bond and you released us from the chains that, Lord, even though we were born slaves and debtors to our flesh, Lord, that we've been given for the gift of righteousness in you. And the revelation that we are your children with your DNA and that your son came to proclaim and to set us free. Thank you, Lord. Bless us as we navigate through this day. Let us have the confidence to know. That you are in control. That we are in the house and that we have the same inheritance. We get to partake together in the inheritance with your son, Jesus Christ. You called us to be the royal priesthood. You called us to be royalty. A nation of people, Lord, called to bring renewal and justice. So Father, give us the boldness to do this remind us Lord God all throughout this day of who we are in you and we say that in your name we pray amen God bless